0: Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Curious. I'm Dr Alex Marsh and today I'm joined by Dr Alan
1: Mullen and Dr Marcia Magistowsky.
0: And today we're going to be talking about some common science claims which are actually actually fiction. Um, And the first one we're going to discuss are we only use 10% of our brains.
1: Yes, it's a really uh, pervasive myth that just keeps, you know, living um, its life and uh, it's uh, posted once in a while, you know, that we only use this much of our brain and it's completely untrue. I mean, this this is a uh, you know, proper myth. There is no evidence that we only use 30% of the brain. It's uh, actually safe to say we use 100% of our brain daily. And this myth, actually, it's not clear where, when it became established. I mean, I, I tried to look it up and I think, you know, there are some indications it goes back to late 19th century um, due to some some old studies at the time. And then someone in the 1920s and 30s kind of supported this idea. and It somehow got established
2: in popular culture that we only use 30% of our brain. Do you think this is something to do with people trying to tap and to try you know, get people to think about how do we utilize this other part of our brain and the mysteries of what these other parts of
0: the brain may be but trying to get people to be better in terms of think how good I could be if i use more of my brain well that and that um, there may be something that we're not
2: aware of and that we've got these extra abilities that we haven't haven't um, we haven't found out about it yet? <laughs> We're
0: very into science fiction. Yeah? Yes, we are.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know, uh, one test, you know, to, to test this, this hypothesis was to, you know, use existing uh, brain damage data. You know, and, and you will see in these papers that virtually every damage done to the brain, anywhere in the brain, will have detrimental effects. So, you know, there is no spare capacity as such. You know, the entire brain works. You know, on an everyday basis. And if you damage any component of it, you know, and if we if were to damage 90% of, the, of our brain, I mean, that's you know, that's obviously, you know, in instant death. Um, if you damage even a tiny percent of the brain, sometimes it, it, it can be a microscopic site in our hypothalamus maybe, or, you know, somewhere in a deep, deep ganglia of the brain that govern our breathing or temperature control. I mean, we die. You know, there, is, there is no safe volume of brain to, to, to get rid of. You know there are studies uh, of brain damage and then brain recovering from that damage to a certain extent, but that only demonstrates how plastic the brain is, how flexible it is, that some parts can take over damaged parts. But just to say this once again, there is no spare capacity in our
0: brain. So maybe we should change the saying to "We only use a hundred percent of our brain."
1: Yes, we use the entire brain every day, and uh, thankfully, we will long continue that.
0: Um, so the next uh, science claim, which is actually fiction, is goldfish only have a three-second memory.
2: Yeah, so this is one that I remember hearing whenever I first got a goldfish in a small bowl for it to swim in. So maybe the the the, the idea behind of it was so that you didn't feel so bad about your little uh, pet goldfish swimming around in a very small bowl. However. Um, some studies now have shown that uh, fish have got uh, much longer memories from that, and then that in, a, in the order of five plus months. So that makes sense because if you were if you were a fish in a particular environment, you would need to recognise what your predators were, where was a good place to get food, and things like that. So. To only have a very short memory would probably result in you getting killed by a predator in very short spaces of time or not being able to find where you're good sources of food. So some of the studies that have been done um, have shown using either a visual aid or using a sound to associate things with food, to associate either a, a, an object or a sound with food and then the fish then would return to the object or to the sound so in one uh, one set of research that was done they introduced fish out into the wild after subjecting them to this uh, auditory signal and whenever they did this then the fish appeared up um, at the boat again so they had gone out into the wild and they had returned back after I think it was five months. So, other other fish, um, and okay, sharks are not bony fish, but they will appear within days at a certain to at a in a certain geographic location after swimming thousands of miles, and they will arrive there every every season to um, to eat the seals, the seal pups that go into the you know the sea so they have a certain time frame and window. And place to um, to get that food source, um, tiger sharks would do that as well for uh, the young seabirds. So there's many examples of that. So what what we can say is that fish do not have a couple of seconds uh, memory. It's much longer than that, and it's in the order of months, if not years, for some of the larger
1: fish. Yeah, and you know, and if you think about eels, right? I mean, eels is a very good example of that exactly because they. They would spawn in, in, in Europe and then they would no I think Sargasso I got right. Yes. So they yes, they, they, they go to the Sargasso Sea, which is you no know, thousands of miles away from, from Europe, and then they use their chemical memory, uh, which is you no know, type of memory, to navigate the way back to their streams, to the specific part of a stream where they uh, where they started. So you know there's immense like I said, our mm-hmm. immense long memory re- retention
0: in these fish. And there's a lot of examples of different species of, of fish which have, you know, longer memories than three seconds. Yeah. 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 Okay, and the last one that we're going to be talking about today are um, humans only have five senses.
2: Hmm. So, I think, yeah, these are the things that you would have got taught at school. Originally, remember, obviously, you've got sight, your sense of hearing, um, sense of taste, touch and Smell, so those would have been the five classic um, senses that we have, but we have many more. Yeah, we have we have many more, in, in fact,
1: uh, well, very many more than that. We have a sense of well, chemical composition of our blood, which we don't, you know, um, perceive consciously, but that's what our brain does, you know, to estimate levels of CO two and and oxygen in our blood to increase or decrease respiration rate. We have senses that govern. Um, that, that, that report back the tension of muscles and tendons. We have senses uh, that report back on levels of pain. Um, there are also indications for um, for sensory function, for for time perception. Even though there is no there is no sense as such you know, to report back what time it is, our brain functions and some deeper ganglia can actually be uh, they they function to you know, to get us an indication of 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 time past. So there are many senses which were of which we are not consciously aware, but nonetheless they function and they tell our body, you know, what the environment is and how it behaves.
0: So we're not consciously aware of them, but we can become consciously aware of them if we need to
1: Well I mean yes, I think there's a at threshold, for example, when you know when when you when you break your leg, you know then of course the pain sensors become acutely active. You, even the deep ones that you, you may not have you know realized you had, you know then they will be reporting on, on a torn tendon or you know your sprained ankle, right? So yes, so there are different thresholds of triggering of some of these senses, some of which will be not trigger at all. You know, so for example, you know some 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 birds may be using. magnetic sense to navigate their migration paths you know and they may not knowingly know what to do with this sensation and yet they know that they should fly you know north south or east west we don't have this sense of magnetism but some animals do like birds
0: okay so i guess this whole the weather five senses um myth came from could well be just an oversimplification of the senses that we actually have
2: because even the um our sense of taste we have a range of different taste receptors on the tongue and again that's probably another one of these science uh myths that are linked into that that there's not just particular regions of your tongue for certain tastes um so ever i think most things are spread out evenly across your tongue
0: so I'm I'm picturing a diagram with the tongue separated into different areas, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. say. No. So taste buds for all f- flavors, I want to say, are dispersed across the tongue.
1: Yes, there is there's a very large degree of overlap of these of these uh, cells or uh, or organs, and um, yeah. And I think that's really interesting, you know, how how these five senses came about, and I think it just just goes back to our you know human you know, nature and, and instinct of trying to, you know, to, to assess ourselves and our environment. You know, we, we noticed, or someone, you know, a thousand years ago, noticed that we have eyes, we, know we can see things, we have ears, so they kind of get the, the basic understanding of what we can detect with our bodies, and they thought, well, you know, five is probably good enough, you know, that tells us everything we need to know at this point in time, but they were not aware of these unconscious senses which we rely on every day, okay. like, you know, the sense of balance, for example.
0: Which is an inner ear thing. Exactly. So, could we put a number, an approximate number, on the number of senses we have? Um, I think I think
2: it seems. Some estimates seem to be around twenty senses, something around that region. But again, it's hard to you know you can come down to what is a sense and what's what's not. As we mentioned, the one to do with time. Yeah. You know that's a difficult one because you have a you don't have a specific sensory system, but you have. a number of functions to, to do it. Yeah. And they sometimes actually overlap a lot.
1: You know? So, for example, the sense of of, of, of hot or spiciness, right? You know, this this is conveyed by pain receptors, you know. So you have this uh, compound called capsaicin in, in cheese, which triggers not only the, the the flavor sensation, but also pain sensation. That's why things are hot and, and it, it's painful. Also, when you flash extremely strong light into your eyes, that will hurt because, you know, you exceed the threshold of sensation for, for vision and that becomes pain. So these things start, you know, to overlap at certain at certain points. And, you know, one example of this, kind of not as extreme as this, is this so-called synesthesia. When people can sense different things with their sense that is aimed, for example, to, to detect light, they may perceive sound or vice versa. When they eat something, they may perceive color of it. So, there are, so
0: that's called syn-thesia. synesthesia. Yeah. Synesthesia. Synesthesia.
1: That uh, people just kind of swap dimensions of senses, that they they perceive sound when there is color. or or, So it's really interesting how our our brains can modify these perceptions.
0: Okay. I think that's all we've got time for today. But just to sum up, we, goldfish and other fish, have a much longer memory than just three seconds. It's actually in the order of months. We use a 100% of our brains and we actually have much more than five senses. So thank you very much for listening today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Andor Technology Podcast. Andor is an Oxford Instruments business specializing in the design and manufacture of market-leading imaging and spectroscopy solutions for the scientific research market. For more information on our products and services, please visit andor.com.